0: Florida Hospital extends its healing mission beyond its hospital doors as it presents this vital information to you. Health chats by Florida Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. As many as 6 million people in the United States have atrial fibrillation, and with the aging of the U.S. population, this number is expected to increase. My guest today is Christian Fisher. He's the Director of Cardiovascular Services at Florida Hospital Memorial Medical Center in Florida Hospital Flagler. Welcome to the show, Christian. Tell us, what is atrial fibrillation?
1: Atrial fibrillation is essentially a uh, condition where the top two chambers of the heart, the atria, uh, which pump blood into the bottom two chambers of the heart, the ventricles, those atria quiver. Instead of actually pumping blood into the ventricles, they basically shake, vibrate, or quiver as a result. Blood does not flow very effectively from the atrium down to the ventricles. You have reduced blood flow, and it, it tends to cause patients to have a number of symptoms as a result.
0: Who would be at risk for AFib?
1: There's a number of people at risk, those who are of advanced age, high blood pressure, uh, those who have previous underlo- uh, some kind of previous heart disease or valve problem, uh those who drink alcohol um, uh, significant alcohol consumption uh those with a family history uh of afib also tend to get it themselves. Uh, Sleep apnea is another one where we're finding a lot of patients with it. Oddly enough, athletes, uh, some athletes are prone to it, particularly those who have had some sort of rapid heart rate condition when they have exercised. And, you know, just some other chronic conditions that patients may have, such as thyroid problems, diabetes, asthma, um, a few of those as well.
0: So would someone know they have atrial fibrillation? Would they feel that flutter you described? What are some symptoms?
1: Um, They may or may not. Um, Some people uh, feel it more severely than others. Uh, They will feel this. They could feel this fluttering. Um, The other symptoms really are weakness, shortness of breath, uh, particularly in areas where they were, you know, walking doing whatever just a week or two before and now all of a sudden they have this problem where they're just not they don't have the energy they're short of breath what have you um, a lot of times we find those patients are actually in an episode of afib and it's just night and day difference from normal rhythm of the heart to afib uh, and what it how it affects people and their even their activities of daily living not to you know not to mention you know exercise or something more strenuous
0: and are there some complications to it not being treated or diagnosed?
1: Absolutely. The biggest complication really is stroke. Uh, one of the problems when the atrium are quivering or vibrating like that, um, as you can imagine, blood is not flowing effectively, as we said before. Uh, but one of the problems is there are little outcroppings um, um, off the left atrium called the left atrial appendage. And in that outcropping, because blood is not flowing effectively, blood kind of pools there or stagnates, uh, much like it would in a pond or a stream where it's not flowing well. And um, where blood pools and and, uh, and and collects, it's going to develop the high risk for clot formation. And then those clots, unfortunately, find their way down into the ventricles and get ejected into the body. And um, as those clots travel around through the various arteries uh, in a patient, they can get lodged, unfortunately, particularly in the brain and Cause stroke.
0: So then, if somebody is diagnosed first, how do they get diagnosed?
1: Uh, there's a number of ways. Um, the, oftentimes, the patients will complain of symptoms as we described before, and then they'll go see their doctor. And their doctor can uh, will check their pulse, uh, just even on a routine check, and we can find that irregular heartbeat. Um, and so, because the atrium are quivering. The ventricles don't know, that they're not in normal rhythm, and the ventricles, the lower two chambers don't know how to uh, uh, pump effectively, so it gets off rhythm, so you have, uh, um, you know, you'll feel this uh, erratic uh, sort of pulse when you feel your pulse. It'll be, uh, you know, anywhere from uh, 60 beats to 120 beats, and it's all over the place. And so that's one, uh, they'll, they'll t- diagnose it by EKG, uh, putting those leads on your chest and, and watching the tracing um, as well. So they can feel it, and they can also see it through EKG.
0: Once it is diagnosed, then what's the first line of defense, Christian?
1: Well, initially, it's it's seeing if we can do some sort of rate control. Uh, the, oftentimes, patients are have a much higher heart rate than, than is... Um, typical for them. So they're going to be above 100, um, particularly if they're in an AFib episode. And so we want to control that rate. So medication is one way that we treat it. Um, the other the other is uh, past that to see how long has the patient been in AFib and would they be a candidate for a process called uh, cardioversion? Uh, where we use a small amount of electrical energy. uh, People are uh, put into a twilight sleep. Um, They use a small amount of electrical energy to basically uh, reset the heart into its normal rhythm. Um, And so those are the uh, two initial treatments, uh, medication and that. And, of course, if a patient remains in AFib, we need to look at blood thinners for them to prevent that risk of stroke.
0: If they do start with blood thinners or blood clot prevention medications, is this something now that they're going to have to be on for their life?
1: This is a lifelong thing while they remain in AFib, yes. Uh, and so not, you know, whether they're on the uh, standard, which is Coumadin, uh, which is a daily medication, uh, or uh, one of the newer drugs where you take it once a day, um, but you don't have to be tested. That's the big problem with Coumadin is that there has to be regular testing because of uh, the fluctuations in the variety of thinness of the blood, but uh, with the other medications that are out there, and some we've seen on TV, uh, they're called novel anticoagulants, and those um, are only taken once a day and we don't test for those. We just, um, the patient is just anticoagulated and protected from stroke while they're on
0: those. And if you use one of those procedures for rhythm control, does it solve the problem? Can it come back afterwards if they have a catheter ablation or one of these procedures?
1: Yes, it can come back. Um, Catheter ablation um, is a a significant treatment, usually after cardioversion does not work and then the patient doesn't remain in rhythm. Uh, So first it's cardioversion and then it's ablation. Um, But there's still always a risk of it coming back, and it's always important that people are managing uh, the the lifestyle uh, changes that are necessary in order to help prevent that from coming back.
0: And does someone with AFib sometimes need a pacemaker?
1: Sometimes they do because the medications or the heart itself that we use to, to keep rate under control, sometimes the heart just is too slow. The ventricles are pumping too slow, and so a pacemaker is needed. Um, and, and we see that sometimes in more uh, as patients age or... Um, More likely, uh, as advanced age comes into it, um, a patient will need a pacemaker.
0: So, Christian, are there any lifestyle modifications that can help with these treatments, go as an adjunct to them, or possibly prevent AFib? Certainly.
1: Certainly. Um, and there are a lot of the things that go hand in hand with just good heart care. Uh, one is a good diet that 's free of excess salt and, and and we all know the bad stuff the fats, the cholesterol, and all of that. We want to avoid that whenever possible um, the you know excess salt as well um, you know and really as much salt as we can get rid of, the better uh, and then the next thing is alcohol um, even uh, even patients who are prone to this, even one or two drinks can be um, serious to bring on an afib episode it 's been shown in the literature, but typically it 's more um significant alcohol consumption, so we want to uh, get rid of that altogether um, and then significant rest at night uh in just in general um, a good pattern of getting regular rest every day um you know a good six to eight hours of sleep at night all of that um it really does make for a difference in treating AFib, and then finally, um, diet also plays a part. If you're on Coumadin, because there is a particular nutrient called vitamin K that is present in green leafy vegetables and in other areas, and we're not saying you shouldn't eat green leafy vegetables or broccoli or what have you, but if you're going to eat it, you stay consistent with it so that the vitamin K level is consistent in your body, and then we can give you enough Coumadin to to make your blood thin enough. But vitamin K acts as sort of a block to the Coumadin, Um, so we want to, you know, you don't want to fluctuate on your diet. You need to stay on a consistent diet if you're going to be on a blood thinner.
0: And Christian, it's such great information. Please wrap it up for us in the last few minutes. Give your best advice for someone to live a long, healthy life, even if they do have atrial fibrillation, and why they should come to Florida Hospital Memorial Medical Center for their care.
1: Well, uh, that uh, is a very, very important uh, part of of uh, dealing with AFib is uh, learning how to live with it. And so uh, those things I outlined before, good diet, a little exercise, as much as you can get into, um, and... uh, watching your alcohol consumption, Um, but in particular, the most important reason to come to Florida Hospital Memorial Medical Center, we have the staff, the expertise, and the ability to um, help change a person's life in this regard in order to um, manage this disease and hopefully uh, actually cure it and eliminate it from, um, uh, from affecting the person's life.
0: Thank you so much for being with us. And if you'd like to take a quiz to assess your risk of heart disease, please go to com. That's com. You're listening to Health Chats by Florida Hospital. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.